1: Channing is with us in Washington, D.C. Hi Channing, welcome to the Dave Ramsey Show. Hi Dave, thank you for having me. Sure, what's up? So I live in D.C. I just recently
0: got married. Dave Ramsey has been a pivotal figure in the financial consultant world for as long as most people remember. His podcasts, books, and constant stream of articles reach out to people from all walks of life. As you know, he tries to teach the world how to live a financially peaceful and even prosperous life by expelling their debts. Day after day, Dave graces the world with his financial advice that primarily revolves around one concept. You shouldn't have any debt. By none, he means none. No credit cards, no student loans, no nothing. Debt is the epitome of evil and the killer of your financial dreams. Of course, the advice on how you can live your life debt-free has the tendency of going just a little too far. Sometimes it reeks of the same entitled know-it-all advice given to you by your grandfather sitting at the holiday table. Stop going out to eat, no more going to movies for date night, and definitely no impulse spending at any time ever. Everything should be broken down into a precise and exact budget with no straying off course. and. It all sounds great in theory, but fails to account for the fact that the world is an unpredictable place with unpredictable circumstances. And sometimes it's perfectly okay to splurge even if you have credit card bills calling your name. Sometimes I just need some damn miso soup to make me feel like the world maybe just isn't crashing down around me all the time. Okay, Dave? Now, while his tough love stance on saving, paying off your debts and buying a house can rub a lot of people the wrong way, it's far from his biggest issue. The real problems come when you look at his employment practices. You see, good old Dave has a morality code that he calls for his employees to follow under any circumstances. And if they don't, they're gonna probably get the boot. Sometimes this leads to his company firing an unmarried pregnant woman. Other times it means heavily suggesting that a woman who comes out as a lesbian gives her resignation. Unfortunately, this list goes on, and the more you read, the more your concern grows. As the discrimination lawsuits continue to pile up against this faith centered supposed financial expert, he just keeps pushing along, spreading his supposed knowledge to the masses. Maybe you've read a few of his books, maybe you've listened to a few of his podcasts, or perhaps you've seen him pop up on Fox News every once in a blue moon. So, does anyone know what's really going on with Dave Ramsey, though? Who is he, and more importantly, what the hell is going on with his company?
1: Grandma's Rainy Day Fund. It's going to rain. Dave, you need to be positive. I'm positive. It's going to rain. And, and we need a path to run on because the way you eat an elephant, it's overwhelming. The of the is, is the personal finance needs a biblical slang because it's more behavior well, than it is math. And you're right. Most people habit. don't practice it, And that's yeah. why common sense yeah. has become so yeah. marketable. And nothing gets done, you get paralysis of the analysis, you get frozen.
0: really well to do a lot of times. Well, how did you accumulate that and what happened?
1: We started from nothing, coming out of school, broke. And uh, my church in those days was the positive thinking rallies. Uh, That was before I knew the Lord. And I took all the positive thinking and the academics and the goal setting and the vision stuff and started buying and selling real estate and made a lot of money. I had over $4 million worth by the time I was 25 years old and had a lot of debt with it. um
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be talking about the infamous financial guru, Dave Ramsey. While there is an abundance of topics to discuss when it comes to him, his financial advice is obviously one of the biggest. But first, let's dive into his background just a little bit to understand who we're dealing with here. Now, how did he even become a massive success that he is today? ...goal
1: setting and vision stuff and started buying and selling real estate and made a lot of money. I had over $4 million worth by the time I was 25 years old and had a lot of debt with it and uh, made a a good income, but just through violating scriptural principles, uh, you can't jump off a building without discovering the law of gravity. Uh, Truth is truth is truth. And every time it catches you, you can throw it out there, but it's a boomerang and it keeps coming back. And so eventually we end up losing everything we owned and starting again.
0: Now, what, what drove you- It all started back when Dave was a young 26 year old man making over a quarter of a million dollars a year as a successful real estate mogul flipping houses. Two years later, it all came crashing down when his biggest lender was acquired by another bank. And he was told to pay $1.2 million on a loan in 90 days, but despite his best efforts, was unable to make it in time. Just like that, at 28, he was filing for bankruptcy protection. But for Dave, what seemed like the end was actually the beginning of a much bigger career. His new path seemed to be a godsend. After his financial difficulties, he turned to Christianity and it was at church that someone would be the first to ask him to make a financial plan for their lives after he had told them his story of successfully bouncing back. And this was it, that was his future. Eventually, Dave Ramsey started his first financial counseling company, quickly growing from 37 students to over 300. Soon he would become one of the most recognizable faces in financing, he had officially made it but his strict tough love view on finances has left some questioning his advice over the years. Sure, he gives some commendable advice. For example, he makes sure to remind everyone that you should have enough money to tip your servers when you go out to eat, which is pretty basic, but I still slightly appreciate the fact that he mentions this. He has some common sense suggestions, like using coupons and making a budget for going out and enjoying yourselves. But he also has some suggestions that seem just, well, a little bit out of touch. To Dave, everyone's biggest enemy in their financial happiness is debt, no matter what kind of debt. It could be a mortgage, student loans, credit cards, whatever it is, you should be doing everything in your power to get rid of it. Sometimes this can mean cutting back on all of those little joys in life, the small things, you know, like going out to eat, maybe buying a coffee or buying lunch during your much needed break from work that, you know, you can't do anymore apparently until your debt is paid off. And sure, all of this seems just wonderful in theory, But when you think about what everyone has gone through over the past couple years, it can seem a little bit obnoxious to have some rich man telling you that you're not allowed to grab some greasy lunch food instead of spending time eating the same damn salad every day. Little comforts cost money, but they can also make you feel okay for a moment when the rest of the world seems to be falling apart around you. His hatred of debt goes a little bit deeper as he insists that people wait to buy homes until they can do it with cash which is just a bit of an insane thought if we're being honest here. When you consider that most people are making about $55,000 a year, which that's pretty much the average, and the average home costs about $500,000, then that pretty much leaves everyone saving a crazy amount of their income for 50 years before they can buy a house. And with rent prices increasing, student loan debt the highest it's ever been, and inflation running absolutely amok, this isn't really the ideal situation for anybody. Then there's this view on credit cards. Basically, don't have them. Instead, you should live your life purely with what you have in your pocket. And sure, that's great advice for the people that have the nasty little habit of running up their credit card debt on everything they've ever wanted, but it's not the best for people who need to bring up that annoying imaginary number we like to call a credit score. If you have no credit, you can't have a good credit score. It makes no sense and is completely made up, but hey, that's apparently the way life works here. Of course, if you're buying your house in cash, this doesn't matter so much, but as we already know, that's a distinct impossibility for pretty much everyone alive. Some debt is good debt, despite what Dave might tell you. Dave's also extremely big on saving and says things like, do you know rich people get rich? They save money. Right off the bat, no. Rich people get rich by being born wealthy, winning the lottery, investing, or creating a business. It's very unlikely that you can simply save your way into wealth. And plus, there is a difference between rich and wealthy. Being rich usually just means you have good income and a lot of money chilling in your bank account. Just because someone is rich and makes a lot of money doesn't mean that all of that won't come crashing down at some point. Ask Dave, he's had that happen to him before. Wealth, on the other hand, is having enough money to meet more than just your basic needs to the point that if you never worked again, you'd probably be just fine. Dave is wealthy. Did he do it just through saving? No, he did it through packaging and selling his ideals to the general public for decades. Sure, saving is important, and I'm not arguing with him on that, but it's not the end-all be-all to creating wealth. And if anything, it's barely even a start. His advice isn't all bad, but it also just doesn't work for everyone. The strictness and unforgiving nature of his advice has definitely rubbed people the wrong way through the years, and his viewpoints have made him spout quite a few controversial opinions.
1: It is sweet that you've got a big heart like this, and that's a nice thing. And if I raise my rent to be market rate, that does not make me a bad Christian. I did not displace the person out of that house if they can no longer afford it. You
0: see, not only did Dave get wealthy from his advice over the years, but he has also held on to some rental properties. Real estate was his first love after all. You all probably see where I'm going with this, but we're gonna go through it anyway. This year, a year after record inflation, job instability, and people recovering from pandemic job loss, Dave decided to go on his famous The Ramsey Show and give some insight into how he feels about his own rental increases. In the show, he says it did not make him a bad Christian if people were displaced from his housing after he raised the rent and they could no longer afford it. Pretty quickly, he was met with some strong opinions. Almost 5,000 tweets came flooding in, criticizing the seeming lack of sympathy from the financial guru. One read, from a business financial standpoint, he's not wrong, but from a Christian who's super wealthy standpoint, give to the needy is supposed to be his thinking, I think. I mean, I get what that tweet's going for. I do get it. Market rent prices are going up. So people that own rental properties are raising their prices. That's how business works. Talking about it in such a cold manner is just slightly concerning. And saying things like, I didn't cause any of that when discussing how people are being displaced from their homes is slightly heartless. Then there were his views on the stimulus packages, which certainly rubbed quite a few people the wrong way. In 2020, when the United States decided to finally provide its citizens with at least some support during a deadly pandemic by providing stimulus packages, a vast majority of people were thrilled. But Dave Ramsey, on the other hand, was not the biggest fan. When appearing on Fox News, Dave Ramsey said, I don't believe in a stimulus check. If $600 or $1,400 changes your life, you're pretty much screwed already. You've got other issues going on. He went on to list what some of those other issues may be, none of which included the global pandemic going on. Instead, he said, you have a career problem. You have a debt problem. You have a relationship problem. You have a mental health problem. Something else is going on if $600 changes your life. And oh, Dave, oh, sweet little Davey boy, let's just ignore the fact that an estimated 9.6 million people lost their jobs during the pandemic. There were plenty of people that had been doing okay financially before who suddenly had their lives ripped apart without any warning. Even if someone had savings, it's incredibly likely that they had to blow it to pay through things like rent, healthcare, bills, or whatever else is going on. Also, just to state the obvious, 63% of people in the United States live paycheck to paycheck, so one paycheck could easily change their fucking lives. Saying people were screwed during a pandemic due to mental illness or relationship troubles is bullshit. $600 could very much change some people's lives. And even if it didn't do it to everybody, it sure as hell could give people a moment to breathe. Something which by the way, a lot of people were desperate for at that time. Not shockingly, his comments went viral on Twitter and almost immediately multiple people pointed out that Dave's comments seemed to show contempt and disdain for people who were struggling. Unfortunately, this seems like a running criticism for the guru. Even his fans seemed a little disgusted by his analysis of the stimulus check situation with one saying, that's kind of offensive, dude. I'm actually a fan, but my business is literally devastated because of the pandemic. But Dave somehow didn't see it that way and was sure to point out to everyone that he wasn't talking down to people. And in fact, he wanted people to be lifted up. But to him, the stimulus checks were just political rhetoric for politicians attempting to buy votes. And hell, maybe that is true, but I and a bunch of other people certainly see his statements as talking down and I really don't take too kindly to it. His financial advice and questionable opinions can certainly leave some people scratching their heads or turning their backs on his famed assistants. But there seems to be something else happening that might make you question tuning into his show or reaching out for his help. And that's the way he runs his business.
1: Uh, Just general ambition, uh, just to pile up more stuff, to win, win the game. And uh, I met the Lord on the way up, which is kind of weird. Most people meet him on the way down. I do everything backwards, but, uh, and so I I really was not striving for just uh, to, to, didn't think I was gonna find- While his
0: financial advice can certainly be concerning and downright out of touch, the way he runs his offices is something that definitely gives me more than just a small slight of pause. Over the years, Dave Ramsey has been the subject of quite a few discrimination lawsuits and almost all of them stem back to his inability to accept any behavior he deemed as unchristian-like. If you want to work for Dave, you'll be instructed to follow his moral code. Sometimes this means you can be fired for having an extramarital affair. And while I don't agree with cheating, I don't think it's a fireable offense either. When someone asked him if it was legally allowed for someone to actually do this, he said, sure, absolutely. Before continuing on a two minute long rant about how discrimination is perfectly acceptable. In it, he says things like this. This is an employment at will state, which means if I decide I don't like people with green eyes, I don't have to hire you. I don't have to keep you anymore. There are no eye color discrimination laws, sorry. Now, I would never do that. I'm not that arbitrary and I'm not that mean or unkind. And surely this is just a little joke, right? Like who out here is firing people for their eye color? But when someone proudly announces that their company is within employment at will regulations, that usually makes me just, you know, hold my horses for just a moment. Like, hmm, you sound really proud of that. Why would you be proud of that? Well, it's because he can fire people for things like extramarital affairs, but that's not all. He can also fire them for having premarital sex. Isn't that just wonderful and weird? And in case you're thinking, hey, that sounds like it could land you in a gray area legally, then you're right, gold star for you. The strong character provision within the company's policies describes premarital sex as a violation of strong character and it deemed it as being inconsistent with righteous living. It's a little odd for a financial advice company to have that in a policy, but okay. People can adhere to it if they want. And if they don't, then how would their bosses ever know? It's not like they need to go to a confessional or something. Well, there's a pesky little side effect that, you know, is a little hard to hide and that's pregnancy. And just a quick side note, this policy is inherently sexist. A man could hide premarital sex with absolutely no possible way for people to find out unless they just decided to announce it to the world. A woman on the other hand can get found out purely by becoming pregnant. It seems a little unfair, but that's just my thinking. And sure, it may not be illegal to fire someone because of an extramarital affair or premarital sex, but sure as hell is illegal to fire someone for being pregnant. But in 2020, that's exactly what Dave Ramsey's company did. Caitlin O'Connor, an administrative assistant, had worked for the company for over four years by June, 2020, when she filed paperwork with the HR department for her maternity leave. The only problem, she was not married to the child's father. So seven days after filing with HR, she was fired. To Dave, this move wasn't done out of inconsideration or to control his employees every move based on his belief, but he says it was done out of love. In a recording of a staff meeting that took place after Caitlin predictively filed a lawsuit, Dave Ramsey told his employees that this move was just simply the price that had to be paid to protect his company and said, quote, I am sick of dealing with all this stuff. I am so tired of being falsely accused of being a jerk when all I'm doing is trying to help people stay in line. Well, let me join in the chorus here and say, you're a jerk. Oh, isn't that a song? You're a jerk. You're a jerk. I'm fucking old. Anyway, it's not a boss's job to help people stay in line when it comes to their personal lives. For only the woman suing financial guru, Dave Ramsey's company after getting fired for premarital sex is breaking her silence for the first time.
1: Yeah, she was terminated after she disclosed to the company that she was
0: pregnant. And, and in particular, it's a little extra fucked up down for down a to boss to fire a pregnant woman at the beginning of COVID-19 because she went against your bizarre morality rules. She lost her health insurance during a pandemic. This lawsuit is still ongoing by the way, but there's plenty more just like it, if not worse. And for Dave, this is just par for the course. Documents released from the lawsuit revealed that his company is run on Judeo-Christian values and Ramsey was found saying in a transcript, if an employee is doing something that is contrary to standard Christian beliefs, narrative Christian beliefs, then the people that we deal with in the Christian community would feel that we are hypocrites and it would damage our brand. I don't know about you, but I feel like I know where this one might be headed. Let me check my notes real quick. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so he also has a history of firing employees or strongly suggesting they quit to uh, any employee who comes out as gay. Now, that sounds about right considering his views, but that doesn't make it any less infuriating. 2020, Julie Ann Stamps had been working for Ramsey Solution for quite some time. Around the same time, Julie began to grow more comfortable with herself and her sexuality. She and her husband got a divorce and she came out as a lesbian to someone she thought she could trust within the company, a supervisor. Unfortunately, the supposed trusted supervisor did not react in the way that Julie had hoped. Instead, she decided to refer her to a Christian counselor who had reportedly saved other employees who had come out to her. Yes, it's exactly what you think. The supervisor had given Julie a recommendation to a conversion counselor. Thankfully, she declined and slowly but surely she began to come out to friends and family. One day she asked the very same supervisor what would happen if she decided to come out to her fellow employees. Let's just say the response she received was less than ideal. According to her, she was told that she, quote, needed to choose whether she wanted to remain employed. But Julie was not deterred and told the person that she planned on coming out anyways, rather than continue to live a life in secret. Once again, she was met with a horrific response. This time, she was told to give her two weeks notice and schedule an exit interview, and that was it. Julie was allegedly forced to resign. But first of all, shout out to Julie for being a badass. People attempted to silence her repeatedly and she refused and I'm proud of her strength, but it was 2020. She probably shouldn't have had to go through this. Like I'm just saying in the year 2020, like it not it not legal to discriminate against someone who's gay? Like, so what the fuck? Now, of course at this time, this is all still alleged, Ramsey Solutions claimed that Julia had left the company on good terms to pursue another career opportunity. Now this is just my opinion, but if that were the case, I don't think she would be suing them in federal court. But again, that's just my little, silly, happy, goofy opinion. As lawsuits seem to continue flooding in, employees have come out saying that the company has run like a cult with Ramsey controlling the narrative, the lives of his employees and the office dynamics. During COVID-19, it seemed to just get worse as Dave decided to take the controlling behavior one step further and play with another aspect of his employees' lives, their health. And before we go ahead to take a look at the pray the COVID away situation, we're gonna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. It's a brand new year and Every Plate is here to help you achieve all your food resolutions. Every Plate helps you save money with delicious, affordable meals delivered right to your door. Plus, if you're looking to cook more, Every Plate helps you expand your cooking skills with easy-to-follow recipes that you can whip up in just 6 simple steps. And you can start the new year with the right bite with Every Plate's newest meal preference, Nutrish and Delish, which is just an adorable little like phrase situation. Featuring around 650 calories or less per meal, each wholesome, satisfying dish helps you stay on track with your goals without all the guesswork. Make your every plate meal your own with options to swap proteins and sides or add proteins to veggie dishes. You do you and every plate stays with you. Now I get it, meal kits can get expensive at times, but I'm convinced that you can find the same deliciousness at a much lower price. You can get $1.39 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code casket139. Get started with EveryPlate for just $1.39 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code casket139. Today's episode is also sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Now the holiday seasons are over and I know this is now the return season for everything. But if you know anything about shopping, which I would know because I do enjoy a good shop every once in a while, especially for sweaters during the season for sweaters, you'll know that January is actually one of the better times to get a good deal on whatever it is you're looking for. So why not guarantee that, or at least try to guarantee that with Honey? Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. All you have to do is do your shopping like normal. And when you check out the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons, wait a few seconds as it searches. And if it finds one, you'll watch the prices drop. And Honey doesn't just work on desktops. It works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com casket. That's joinhoney.com casket.
1: continue to adapt
0: our position to fit what we believe is best for Tennesseans. As more individuals get sick, we realize that this means a greater need for resources to treat them. For that reason, this morning I signed Executive Order 14 which will move us- In March, 2020, the governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee, officially declared a state of emergency. For most people in the United States, that obviously meant that they would be likely working from home, taking sick leave and staying safe. But for the employees at Ramsey Solutions, this didn't seem to be an option, at least not according to yet another lawsuit. Brad Amos, a former employee of Ramsey Solutions, worked as a video editor for the company. Like many others, his first weeks allegedly involved what the lawsuit says is every new employee's first step in training, learning the Ramsey way. Which according to Amos, was basically just constantly praising Dave Ramsey and never questioning his decisions. When the COVID announcement came around, his training seemed to go into full effect. Allegedly, upon the state of emergency declaration, Dave Ramsey leapt into action, calling in 900 people to a staff meeting to let them know that they wouldn't be able to work from home because it quote, showed a weakness of spirit. When Amos, who was considered high risk, asked to work from home anyway, he was apparently told to pray and keep moving forward. Just pray and COVID-19 won't get you. How comforting. Later, when the state called for the closure of all businesses other than those that are essential, Ramsey finally folded, but not for everyone. While some were told that offices were closed, Amos and his fellow editors were told they were essential workers who must come into the office. As the virus continued to spread and became increasingly terrifying for everyone, Amos's fear of transmitting it to his family only grew. Finally, he went to his superiors and told them that he was considering living out of the garage to avoid exposing his family to COVID. He was finally permitted to work from home, but not for long. Oh yeah, and they demoted him until he returned to the office too, that too. And when everyone did return, they were instructed not to wear masks or socially distance from each other and were once again told to pray away the disease. However, Amos chose not to listen and continued to mask up. This is where it would all apparently fall apart. According to the lawsuit, he was soon fired and told he was no longer a good fit for the company. The lawsuit filed in December, 2021, said that Ramsey's company, quote, terminated plaintiff for taking scientifically prescribed precautions as required by his sincerely held religious beliefs in the COVID pandemic, rather than relying on prayer alone to protect himself. Now, of course, Ramsey Solutions denies all of this and says that Amos wasn't fired for taking COVID-19 precautions, but was actually fired for being combative with a supervisor when he was called in for a meeting after his work had begun to suffer. And maybe, and of course I'm just spitballing here, but maybe his work began to suffer because there was, I don't know, a fucking pandemic going on. Just, you know, crazy little thoughts though. What do I know? Also, while I obviously cannot say that all of this is definitely true as the lawsuit is again, still pending, it doesn't seem particularly far-fetched. While all of this was going on, the company hosted a large in-person Christmas called Boots and Barbecue, which was almost immediately following an outbreak of COVID-19 with, 50 of its employees at the headquarters. There was no mention of masks, which is not at all surprising considering Dave Ramsey's opinion of them being a sign of fear. Over time, Ramsey had expressed discomfort over government restrictions and said they were the result of a totalitarian government that should have a crusade brought against them. Ramsey Solutions also called its refusal to become a work from home company a countercultural approach to business. So I do think they might have fired someone because they wanted to remain safe, work from home and take proper precautions. I do believe that personally. I'm not saying 100% this is what happened, but that's my personal takeaway. Now, as this lawsuit continues to unfold, it has brought to light what many are calling a toxic work environment within the finance advisor's headquarters. While it was named a best workplaces honoree in 2020, the stories unfolding seem to tell an entirely different story. We'll obviously have to wait and find out what happens with all the lawsuits and with the company. But Dave Ramsey's financial advice and management definitely don't make me want to run to him for advice on how to live my life. But with all of that being said, those are just a whole bunch of my opinions and a a bunch of little funny, goofy, silly thoughts on the internet. So yeah, with that being said, that's where we're gonna end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you wanna check me out on other platforms, make sure to check out my Linktree link in the description box. It's gonna get you to all of my social media and any projects I'm currently involved in. So thank you so much for joining me for another episode here at the beginning of 2023. I don't know how 2023 is gonna go anymore. I don't have any hopes or fears. It just, it is what it is at this point in time. So thank you so much. And uh, let's go on this wild roller coaster for another year. I'll see you in the next episode, bye.